buried beneath the rubble of time are stories of God's sovereign hand moving in our great nation. Many believers, hopeless, frustrated, and confused, have all but given up on America. But we have faced dark times before, and by divine providence, overcome. In this time of the global pandemic, racial division, national uncertainty, is there any hope for America? I'm your host, Brad Wells, with Awake America, and along with us is Pastor Mike Creed, Joe Kirby, and Aaron Cruz. All of us together make up this team here on Capitol Hill, Awake America. Welcome to our program. Where have you guys been? <laughs> it's isolation. Don't you know that we have to stay in isolation and stay away from this pandemic that has come upon us? <laughs> okay. Are we wearing our masks today? I think we are We are unmasked. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my mask. Yeah. Six feet apart. Okay. Sure. Guys, is there hope for America? Is there something that we can do to make a difference? Is... Um, are we just, uh, do we have to sit on the sidelines and do nothing? Or is there something that we can do? As pastors uh, in the, uh, pastoring these churches all over the country, um, we have an opportunity to either face and answer the question by the philosophies of the world. Right. The news is kind of trying to mold the, mold the scenarios. Um, and taking over our whole conversational and talking points and we start to mimic and reiterate the exact same things everybody else has heard there are groups trying to shut down any comments from the church yeah um, we have supreme court decision this week really tightening the screws yeah uh, we could say what we want to we can say what we want to say mm -hmm. which that's not always popular that's not good because that is whatever you are feeling at the moment the right. emotions but you know, and our flesh. Your dog growling at you, it affects you, right? <laughs> I came to a place where I I just began to study the Word of God and just look in at different situations that Christ faced. Yeah. Um, where there were things, where there were people of different ethnic groups. Um, yes. There, there was a problem. I mean, even during biblical days uh, between the Jews and the Samaritans. Right. Um, there was a problem. There was a Syrophoenician woman mm -hmm. that that came to Christ to he for healing for her daughter. Yeah, and um, there was a statement made about you know I'm for the Jew. I, I am. She's I, coming and she's saying, "Please help me." Right, and I'm. I first came for the, the Jews, and, and a lot of people take it like a racist remark that Christ made, but Christ was trying to strengthen her faith. When you read it, uh, she comes and she says, I don't care. I need my daughter healed. And that's what Christ was looking for. It was not a racial thing. Is this about you or is this about somebody else? Right. Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. Uh, Cornelius, he gathers everybody together. He's a Gentile. And here's Peter, <laughs> you know, coming from the church at Jerusalem and to the Jew first and only the Jew at that time, and Christ gives him a, a great, uh, he gives him a really big flannel graph 
on that day. Big lesson. Big <laughs> lesson. This is the way it is. And teaches him something, uh, a great message. And I'm glad he did because I like eating crabs and shrimp. And I like eating, uh, I, I, I like all those things that were there in that net. Yeah. And so uh, I I see it. You see it in a number of ways. Acts chapter 17, 26, he hath made of one blood all nations of, of man mm-hmm. uh, for to dwell on all the earth, on all the face of the earth. I I look at all these different areas and I realize that really skin's not the problem. It's it's us that's the problem. It's people that are a problem. And we can either answer it we can either answer it in a biblical way and I and I've had some people Joe, I've had some people I've heard some people say, Well, you just say Christ is the answer, revival's the answer. And they say, you know, we know that, but what's the answer? <laughs> you know. Mm. And I really do believe that so Christ no matter is what the what the problem is, no matter what the division is, Jesus is always the answer. Christ is the answer. He, he. I preached on Sunday. Uh, our uh, I did a Bible study uh, in our Sunday school on the uh, Good Samaritan, and Christ talks about a Jewish man that's walking down down this road of blood. This, this road from Jerusalem. What's really cool is I preached on the Good Samaritan as well. Did you really? Matter of fact, here's Sunday's notes in here, right here. The Good wow. Samaritan is a little box right there. Boom. And, and the, uh, honestly, in all, in all these scenarios that I've given you, I believe the, the main, the key, uh, it's, not, you know, it's not the racial where we came from. Mm-hmm. The key is compassion. Compassion yes. makes a difference. It sure does. Compassion. And people say, well, you know, Christ is the answer. Well, get, why don't you get more specific? Uh, Joe, we were just talking about this. Yeah, I mean, if you go to the doctor and they just say, hey, get better, you know, <laughs> we need some specific direction. We know that Jesus is the answer. We, we're not throwing our Bibles away, but how can we take that Bible and use it skillfully? Right. Some people are not skillful in the word. They, they don't know how to take God's word and apply it to their own personal life, to their marriage, yeah. you know, let alone to a nation in crisis. Yeah. So how do we as pastors and leaders take God's word, knowing that Christ is the answer, and take that and apply that to where we are? As you're reading some of those verses, the, the key thing that came out to me with the Syrophoenician woman who took that derogatory comment and still came to Christ for the answer. The Cornelius, who was a who was a uh, a centurion, who was looking to Christ, for, uh, looking to God for the answers, was humility. Yeah. Only by pride cometh contention. We're talking about this pride and this color pride and that color pride. Pride is what fuels the 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 combativeness between any people group, right? between a husband and wife. And so when we take pride out and can come to God in humility, we can solve a lot of problems. The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. If we speak angrily and harshly to people, we're not going to get generally a, a, a response that is um, beneficial. You know, Typically, that just puts people onto their fence, mm-hmm. and we begin to just continue this spiral downhill into anger and to where we are today, where there's people rioting and looting in the streets over over things that have been go- have gone on for for different times. So yeah. um so Joe in in the middle of that good samaritan story is exactly what you're talking about. There's three main groups of people, the the priest and the levite 
are coming in. And the, before the priest and the Levite, you have these these robbers, and then you have the Good Samaritans. So mm. three groups of people. And But the Good Samaritan's not the popular guy of the day. He's no, not he's the one not. that's supposed to come in and swoop in and save the day. And we find that in our country right now. You have the beater-uppers. You have the passer-uppers, yeah. and you have the fixer-uppers, okay? Those are the three groups of people. Love your English. <laughs> you know, the, the beater-uppers, they're the people that are always saying, what's yours is mine. Right. The passer-uppers, they kind of ignore the situation. They're saying, what's mine is mine. And then you have the fixer-uppers, and they're the people that are saying, what's mine is yours. And that's where the church comes in. That's where the people of God come in and say, listen, I can help, and I will willingly spend and be spent for, for somebody else but and notice, make a difference. Notice Christ makes a point about the religious people. Yeah. Here's one that sacrifices the priest and, and the Levites that handles the instruments and the music, and, mm-hmm. and they're, the, they're the religious crowd of yeah. that day. Yeah. They yeah. walk up, man, you look pretty bad. <laughs> You need some help. Well, see you later. See you <laughs> later. Well, it's like uh, I, I have so much. What I have to do is so important. I can't stop and care for this individual. Right. If we're not careful as as ministries or as, as religious uh, institutions, yeah. the institution becomes more important yes. than the individual. And we pass up an opportunity because the opportunity is always found in helping somebody, an individual. Yeah, yeah we see Christ often. Stopping for one person. One person. Stepping in. Aaron? Yeah, I'm glad God stops for one person. Um, in James 1.19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And what we see, I guess, in regarding this whole situation is uh, it's the wrath of man. And, uh, of course, that's never going to work the righteousness of God. And I think addressing it from this perspective would be considered uh, we all need to learn to listen to each other a lot better and uh, learn to say what God wants us to say and learn to love people and view them the way that God views them. Yeah, yeah. So it's loving God, loving God's Word, and loving people. Compassion. Compassion makes a difference. I I wrote down nine different things that the Samaritan did for this man. I mean— when you look at it, you know, he did. He saw him like the other two, but he went further than just seeing him. Mm-hmm. And we need to see people as they are. I mean, mm-hmm. in our area, you all know, we have a melting pot here in Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. Our churches oh, yeah. are filled with, and I go to other places, and that's not the case. Right. But uh, I minister to every one of them, and, uh, and I do everything I can do to help mm-hmm. help and, and have compassion and and uh, make a difference in their life. Christ is the answer. He's the answer. But we need to get specific. Compassion. So Christ is the answer, and self is the problem. Sin lodged in our own hearts. That's the problem. So it's compassion or contention. And as Joe brought out, uh, it's the soft answer that transitions us, pivots us from contention and fighting over to compassion. Yeah, wrapped in humility. That's yes. a humility. If we don't have a humble spirit, we're not going to want to engage. Sometimes we just we we avoid what we're not familiar with when we realize that just if we would humble ourselves, sometimes we can listen to somebody yeah. and learn from them. 
And what we're not saying, we're not saying that compassion and making a difference is um, just putting up with evil. It is not uh, the toleration of evil. It's not the latency of punishment. It's not the lack of dealing with problems. we got to hold people accountable for sure. But, but compassion and mercy always stands on the truth. Truth must be our foundation. And I think it is a wrong view to say, all right, in order to be a problem solver, we, we sweep the truth under the rug. Mm-hmm. We sweep the problem under the rug. We have to deal with the problem, with compassion, with humility, and, and that's why the answer is Jesus. Listen to this verse. In Psalm 85, verses 9 and 10, it's a prophecy of Jesus Christ. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him. So it's respecting God. It's, it's fear of God that glory may dwell in our land. So God wants there to be glory. God wants there to be camaraderie. God wants there to be peace and unity, shalom. Verse number 10, mercy, that's compassion, mercy and truth are met together. It's prophetic of the Messiah. And this is what we need. Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. So it's a very poetic, beautiful um, collision intersection of two things that often seem to oppose each other. Truth, how can you have truth and mercy? How can you have no compromise, but yet compassion? And that's why the answer is Jesus Christ. So will you be the one? Will you be the one to step forward, have compassion, interact with people, return a harsh word, uh, incendiary remark, with a soft answer and infuse righteousness and truth into the situation. Will we be the ones that are the fixer-uppers, the good Samaritan that says, yep, that's the problem. I'm going to get off my donkey. I'm going to get out of my vehicle. I'm going to pour in the oil and the wine into this situation. I'm going to spend and be spent, inconvenience myself. Then we are the ones that, that God will use. We have a great opportunity as Christians today. It's not time for us to be quiet. It's time for us to take a stand uh, for the Lord, but with the right spirit. Will you seize the opportunity, inconvenience yourself, and be used of God to awake?